0: It's gonna be a great Noel, it's the advent calendar house Muffins, black men, smurfs and even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory lane Frosty, Rudolph, off a bunch but you've probably never seen It's Mike and pals that come to entertain Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones, including the ones I saw once as a small child and found again on the internet decades later. That's how we ended up at today's stop on our Christmas in July countdown, so join us on a trip back to 1983 with Buttons the Bear and Rusty the Fox aboard the Christmas Tree Train. The Christmas Tree Train is coming, bringing trees for all the kids. The little comfort belly shakes a
1: lot like jelly. See the smoke come from the stack as the along the
0: track. I am Mountain Lion, who's not quite hungry enough to risk getting snowed on Mike Westfall. And joining me is kindly Forest Ranger, who has no problem letting wild animals crash on his couch in front of the TV. Please welcome back Ethan, the hungry reader. Hello, Ethan. Glad to be here again. It's always a delight well thank you for being here absolutely you had a hard time finding someone to do this one didn't you? (laughs) i did i tweeted this picture of just buttons and rusty from this special asking the world if anyone even recognized them and i'm really glad you did
1: do you know where i recognized them from no where did you recognize them from your article about the top 100 christmas specials
0: really i didn't even think that i included
1: (laughs) that (laughs) I won't doubt you but that was the first place I ever saw it and I was like this is bringing it full circle isn't it we got to do this one
0: wow <laughs> I ranked that in the top 100 no
1: sorry <laughs> no. <But. laughs> I wonder what got bumped for buttons and rusty <laughs>
0: <laughs> but apparently I have stronger memories of later specials with these characters I've seen a halloween one and a thanksgiving one that may we may revisit but after watching this again, I think I only remembered the last 10 minutes of it.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. There are, it's, it was difficult finding things to comment on. I mean, uh, should I give my overall impressions right now, or do you want me to hang on to them? Sure, give them to me right now. The Christmas tree train feels like a Christmas special that characters in another Christmas special would be watching. <laughs> this is like the kind of thing that like Angelica pickles would be uh, yes. sitting through.
0: That is a perfect description.
1: <laughs> there is something uniquely generic about it. And I think, you know, that's kind of the charming thing about it because everything you can see echoes of so many things that you already know. I mean, clearly the, there's the Yogi Bear influence, but also it kind of has a lot of the same plot as the Bear Who Slept Through Christmas.
0: Yes, that's another one I need to get
1: to. So yeah, this it feels, and it, it started making me wonder: is like, okay, if this is a Christmas special that should be watched by people in another Christmas special, am I at a Christmas special? How
0: far down <laughs> does this go? It's all in Cousin Tommy Snow globe. Am I going to learn the true meaning of Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then what really surprised me is how long these characters lasted, how long this franchise in quotes lived because they kept making holiday specials up through 1994. And then as I'm researching this, I found out there was an actual TV series later in the 90s called Chucklewood Critters.
1: Yes, that's that was what really blew my mind was that, you know, not only did this just keep going, but you know, it kept going, despite the fact that there doesn't seem to be any audience for it. And you uh, You haven't found anyone with any kind of nostalgia for this, have you? I
0: found one website called the unofficial Chucklewood Critters homepage, which is the perfect example of an early Internet fan page. Just paragraphs of very helpful information in lime green comic sans on a black background.
1: <laughs> See, when the internet was first getting started and you couldn't find everything, you know, a lot of people started their own websites on things that nobody cared about because it was the equivalent of the time of posting first.
0: Yeah, basically, we were all just kind of, before Wikipedia existed, we have to put these things together ourselves if we really wanted information on it.
1: And, you know, and a lot of times it would get, uh, it, the canon and the fanon would get hopelessly blurred and that's why so many people think there was a another season of street sharks with a female member
0: <laughs> what do they get it confused with uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the next mutation
1: i, I think that was kind of the intention it was yeah somebody somebody wrote a uh a Street Sharks episode guide but then continued it into a whole new season and added new characters and made fake screenshots for it (laughs) and because there aren't that many dedicated Street Sharks fans this got like you know repeat you know just repeated as canon in you know various printed media and so forth oh that's funny yeah it's sort of like the whole thing about Compsignathus being the size of a fox terrier and nobody knows how big a fox terrier is anymore (laughs)
0: So, but before finding this homepage from 20 years ago, I had never even heard of the name Chucklewood
1: Critters. Yeah, it's, it's the, again, it sounds made up. It's like the Cadillac Cats. Right?
0: Yeah, right. But it apparently was a series that ran from 1997 to 1999. 1999? Yes! The results? I was, yeah, I was shocked Buttons and Rusty made it out of the 80s, let alone lasting through the 90s.
1: That means it was probably partially CGI.
0: Gosh. It doesn't look like it. It looks like it's all no. traditionally animated. It looks yep. like
1: good old Chinese prison labor animation. Yeah,
0: right. Uh it looks like it ran in the United Kingdom this last series. I don't know if it made it over mm. here in the States, but
1: Yeah, I think uh in the United States we would recognize it as a as something that's you know, a fake version of America, but they wouldn't recognize that there.
0: <laughs> nope. But let's climb aboard, and if y'all want to follow along at home, the Christmas tree train is pretty easy to find online. I found multiple uploads, so have at it. And I hope you like the opening shots of this train, because that's probably the most you're going to see of the actual Christmas tree train in this entire special.
1: It's not really about the train, no. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) What it is about is, um, maybe it is about the train.
0: I don't know. It's well, (laughs) well, let's start at the beginning. We're introduced to this train by Ranger Jones, who oversees the forest where he says all the best Christmas trees are grown and the lumberjacks who cut them down. So people can have real trees in their homes arrive at this forest aboard the Christmas tree train, a scene that sounds fascinating and we don't even get to see it.
1: Yeah. Uh, You've noticed that there, they play this up as the Christmas tree train but there's nothing special about it. I thought it was going to be sort of like, you know, like the little engine that could and carrying like all kinds of dollies and stuff. And, yeah, well, no. Just, just It's just a standard train. Is it? Is it a steam engine? I forget. I think so. I think you see a little puffs of steam coming out of it. Yeah, because I know that in the song, it the, the song refers to it as a puffer belly. Something I've oh, only well, ever you. heard in Down by the Station. Like, <laughs> Early
0: in the morning.
1: Did anyone ever use that phrase? Did you ever hear people at the Roundhouse, man, got another Puffer Belly coming in?
0: No, I have only heard that <laughs> word in that song. Yeah. Uh, and there mm. was a restaurant where I grew up called the Puffer Belly Restaurant, and it was near a train station. So, but
1: Wow. I don't know. Puffer Belly sounds like it would serve Fugu.
0: <laughs> I forget what it... I forgot. Long time ago. But uh, but the voice of Ranger Jones is William Boyette. Well, <laughs> my forest is where all the best Christmas trees are grown, you see. And that old train brings the lumberjacks who cut the trees that wind up in your living rooms each Christmas. <laughs> well, you didn't think they grew in this city, now did you? Who's got a very long acting resume dating back to the 1950s. But I know him best from a single scene in the movie Newsies as a judge.
1: Wow, that that's you know if you got to go as far back to you know cameos and newsies, this must be a guy, a working actor, as they mm-hmm. say. Yes, somebody absolutely. Who never really got who probably had a lot of talent that he never really got to show. At least you know most of the time these guys they consider their work on the stage to be their uh, their real career, and then they do stuff on TV just uh, just for beer money. That's, yeah. that's how Patrick Stewart looks at the world.
0: <laughs> there you go. This might be one of those cases. It looks like he was typecast as an officer a lot, uh, including mm-hmm. an educational film from 1959 to teach high school students learning to drive how to be safe at railroad crossings. Which I only mention because it was featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000. No way. It, yes. Which one? Was it, uh, was it Last Clear Chance? It might be that one. Yeah, last clear chance. Last
1: clear chance. Oh, my God. He, he was the officer who snapped. Yes. Oh, my God. Yup. I didn't know we had a celebrity here. <laughs> right. We got a few
0: more coming, but this is uh, this is Forest Ranger Jones. William Boyette uh, died in 2002.
1: Notice that is not Ranger Smith. Not Ranger, Ranger Smith. It's Ranger
0: Jones or Jonesy to his friends. Yes. Uh, and he gives us the old, you've never heard of the Christmas tree train trope, Uh, but it actually makes sense this time as opposed to stuff like Rudolph. Yeah, I've heard of Rudolph. Who are you talking to?
1: (laughs) But do you recall the most famous train of all? (laughs) No, not the Polar Express. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's still two years off from, uh, from the making of this special, but (laughs) Mm. After telling us about this train, he introduces us to some of his friends who have ridden this train just a year ago. He said, and and his friends are these woodland creatures who live in the forest. We have Buttons the bear cub. Gee Willikers, what are all the likes for, Mister Jones? Played by Barbara Goodson, what? the voice of Rita Repulsa. Ah!
1: After ten thousand years, I'm free. Ah! Oh my God! And um, well, I, uh, I'm. Um, With Rita Repulsa, but I consider her, you know, her most definitive role to be in as the uh, villainess in Flint, the Time Detective.
0: Okay. She's got a whole, like, a lot. She's got a big, long resume of voice acting credits, and and Uh it's a a lot of anime
1: ladies. How old was she when she made this one? Like, she must have been pretty young. Let's find out. Because she's still working. her voice isn't aging that badly right now so uh
0: i don't have a date of birth for barbara goodson but uh it says she has been active years active 1965 to present oh wow she
1: is older than i thought dang
0: well all right but uh notably she was also the voice of the young goku in the original
1: dragon ball yeah i recognize that that, that certain gruffness that uh grim, grim, grim yes. use for little boys. Yes. Uh, and on
0: that note she was also the voice of Blinky the koala from Noozles. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> uh And then we have Rusty the Fox voicing both him and his mother, Rosie, is Kathy Ritter, who appears to be best known for this.
1: Rusty, I'm serving supper in 30 minutes. Gee, thanks, Mom. We won't be long.
0: But uh, her IMDb stops at 1988. She was a few voices in a couple of other anime dubs, including something called Crusher Joe the Movie and, and Time Fighters. Hmm. And then we also meet Buttons' mother, Bridget, voiced by Morgan Lofting. There's a name I brought up before. It's the Baroness.
1: Oh, 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 excuse me, Rosie. I guess it's getting close to hibernation time.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, there are a few G.I. Joe connections here, and that show starts a little bit later than this special, but we'll get to them as we go. But that's the first one, and that's the one that I recognized immediately as far as names go. Certainly not voices.
1: A little more countrified than the Baroness, but <laughs> actually- just a,
0: yeah, <laughs> Dif- different country. But uh, <laughs> a lot of this introductory dialogue is just, Mom, can we go to the ranger station? Okay, but be back in time for supper."
1: Yeah, just typical, you know, mom and kid stuff, just establishing families. And so we see we see Buttons and Rusty for the first time, and I don't like their character designs. No. Buttons is okay, but he's got the Barney rubble eyes, and everyone else has visible sclera, and it's a little off-putting. Especially because he has a sort of mask over his face that makes it look like he should have the connected Sonic the Hedgehog eyes, but he doesn't. (laughs) No,
0: he doesn't. I mean, later it turns out that there's a teddy bear who looks exactly like him, so I guess they were trying to find some sort of happy medium in there.
1: I wonder if there were plans to make actual teddy bears that look just like
0: him. Oh, well, wishful thinking.
1: But, uh. <laughs> right up there with uh, with Lumpkin the Pumpkin and his stickers. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Rusty. And Rusty looks like when your friends, when you were 12, were trying to draw their own Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> characters. And they just always <laughs> made them. You no. Know, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog he already looks like a dog toy. He looks like he's made out of rope and some softballs. Yeah. And th- this is just way too gangly. And he does not look like a child at all. He looks like, you know, it looks like this innocent bear cub has some sort of weird man with him. <laughs> and then you see his parents... And they tower over him like the pink panther. <laughs> they <it's do>. like-
0: <laughs> That's a good, that is a good <laughs> comparison. The pink panther. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, that's how they're drawn. They're drawn. Like your, your friend in class who's doodling in their notebook. They got the really long eyeballs. <laughs> they're yeah. like almost oval shaped, but they're standing up and yeah, that's a really, that. that's
1: it. You nailed it. Did you notice that his eyes seem to kind of be inside out? Like he's got the, like he's got the, the sclera are blue and then the pupils are white.
0: I didn't notice that. Hang on a second. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're right. In some scenes, but not all of them. It's weird. Oh, so it's a,
1: so it's an error, but a common error.
0: Yeah, it might be. Or maybe it's just like the iris part is, takes up so much of the eye that it can throw you off there.
1: I feel like they were trying to give him, like, anime shine, but they didn't know how to do it.
0: Uh, yet, that looks like it might be the case now that you mentioned that, <laughs> now that I'm looking at it again. And then the rest of this dialogue is just the bears going, boy, am I tired, almost time to hibernate, to establish that Christmas is coming.
1: Yes, the, the mother bear is Bridget, and, as you mentioned before. The father <laughs> bear is Abner. Abner. And guess which of these, of these four parents... Guess how many of them wear clothes? (laughs) Just the one.
0: And it's the dad. Buttons' father. Yeah. What does he have to cover up that the others don't? Not sure I want to know, but... (laughs) Which brings us to the inside of their caves, and uh, that brings, first off, the bears and the foxes live together in the same cave.
1: Yeah, they're roommates or something. Uh, I would think they could at least get a duplex cave. But no, they you know, they live together. And the I guess it's a arrangement for the foxes because they have all the winter to themselves while the bears sleep. I and guess so. Yeah, so it's kind of like having a house sitter, a live-in house sitter. There you go. It
0: doesn't seem to be a crowded forest, but apparently... Uh-huh. That got me thinking, is this common in nature? And apparently foxes and bears living together is not a sign of mass hysteria. (laughs) Uh, I found a study published last year that observed gray foxes hanging out with black bears as sort of bodyguards. Oh, as like a like a buffer. I'm going to hang out near these bears (laughs) in case any other critters (laughs) try and attack me.
1: As we all know, though. Sharks and bears are nature's best friends. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> so the voice of Buttons' father, Abner, is Alvy Moore. Oh
1: oh, 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 gosh. Is it spring already? Who
0: is best known from Green Acres as the local agricultural agent who's basically a parody of every incompetent local bureaucrat ever.
1: Hmm. Is he the one who's always explaining himself? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Just kind of talking out of his butt. Uh, and he's also the voice of Grandpa Little.
1: Oh, I thought that was where really, it that sounded familiar. The uh grandpa little, who always addresses everyone else, everyone else with the with the last name Little included, like Dinky Little, get back here. He's <laughs> furious with everyone.
0: Everyone's in trouble at all times. <laughs> And finally, we have Rusty's dad, George, who is already very annoyed at Abner snoring.
1: Terrific! I've got a whole winter of that buzz Ought to look forward to.
0: His voice is Bill Ratner, another future GI Joe star. He was Flint. Yeah, I thought I knew,
1: heard Flint in there. Thought he had a flinty kind of voice.
0: Yep, it's his resting Flint voice. <laughs> Well, Buttons and Rusty pay a visit to the ranger who's hanging up Christmas lights on his watchtower, and the Cubs have never seen Christmas lights because they're usually already asleep by this time of year. So why aren't they asleep this year? I didn't catch that if they caught, if they threw it.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to guess that Avener's snoring is keeping even the other bears awake. There we go. I
0: like that better than, I don't know, climate change. But... <laughs> but the ranger finds himself having to explain to these cubs about Christmas and presents and particularly Sandy Claws.
1: Yes, and they don't decide to kidnap the Sandy Claws this time.
0: No, they don't. But that made me think Tim Burton has totally watched this special.
1: I wonder if he may, might have had an early job with it.
0: Ooh, didn't even think about that, but it's there's a non-zero chance. <laughs> he was an animator around this time, yeah. Yeah, but I found it a little odd that the Cubs don't know what a present is only because they speak perfect English and can talk to humans.
1: Yeah, well, I mean that—that's kind of the problem with this whole thing. Is that our main characters? It's about Buttons and Rusty, and they know nothing. They—they've never been to the city. They don't. They barely know anything about human culture. So all of this movie is the movie being explained to the main characters. Yeah,
0: that is kind of how this whole thing goes. And it starts with, what's a Christmas present? Well, here you go. And the ranger shows him some presents that he's giving to his grandchildren, including a jack-in-the-box with frightens the heck out of the cubs. <laughs> hey, don't be scared. It's only a toy. And they run out of the cabin and out of... Earshot just as a snowstorm starts. I want to say,
1: have you ever in your life seen a push button jack in the box?
0: No, I haven't. They've all had a crank, yeah.
1: Yeah, this one they push a button and what a strange model of jack in the box. Yeah, I don't know,
0: but they run out of the cabin, they run into this snowstorm, and it's the kind with thunder and lightning, so they huddle under a large tree for only a brief moment before they find themselves being chased by a mountain lion, but not for very long because the mountain lion doesn't like snow either.
1: <laughs> Did you notice that the, that the mountain lion was making battle cat noises the whole time? <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> we better get started for home. Let's go. No, wait. I'm too tired to move right now. On second thought, that's right!
0: I'm glad they uh, had access to uh stock footage
1: of a uh, Battlecat roar. <laughs> okay, let's th- let's throw in a little bit of trivia here. Yes, Battlecat was well, supposed to be saying something when he transformed, but they decided it didn't sound good and they just dubbed over with roars. Really? Where- yes, he's actually supposed to be saying, "Ah, I have the power too." <laughs> Is there audio of this? I've never heard the audio, but uh, that is what he, what he's scripted to say, and you oh can see it, see it goodness. matches his uh, lip flaps. So yeah.
0: Well, I'm never going to be able to unsee that now. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and now I always try to hear it in the roar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Almost sounded like Falco from Star Fox for a second. <laughs>
1: Which is funny because it's the voice of Falcour. Uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, wow. The puns never end. Nope.
0: So the Cubs run all the way to the people part of the park. No people around at the moment, but they run into this picnic area where Buttons runs right into a garbage can and then
1: says, That was pretty stupid, me running into a garbage can. <coughs> Did we even see him run into the garbage can or did we just see the garbage sprayed around and him saying I just ran into a garbage can?
0: Yeah, I think he ran into it off screen and then we cut back to him <laughs> lying next to it and we're like, "Well, that was dumb of me." Not really, you're a bear.
1: <laughs> let's give us let's do all our pratfalls off screen from now on. Sure. <laughs> oh, that was dumb of me falling off the bed while I'm doing a podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm
0: glad you explained that for no one watching. I'm more surprised he knew what a garbage can was. Two minutes ago, he didn't know what a present was.
1: Yeah, I guess they said, like, well, see, a present is like a kind of garbage can. Except
0: (laughs) Except you keep the things inside. Well, I guess a bear would, too, if they found anything in a garbage can. Yeah. But this series of trying to get through the forest and figuring out where they are goes a bit longer. They get spooked by an owl and Buttons actually starts to shield snowboard. On a trash can lid. In my notes, I wrote shield surf. Shield <laughs> surf. <laughs> I got the Legend of Zelda on the
1: mind. It's uh, I think in the, in the Winter Olympics, they call that skeleton.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, meanwhile, the Cubs' parents are worried, naturally, and uh, Rusty's dad finally wakes up Abner to help him look for them. Meanwhile, Buttons and Rusty have no idea where they are now, but they hear someone shouting nearby, and finally it's one of those lumberjacks the Ranger told us about. It's the only lumberjack we see in this special. He doesn't see the cubs who run smack into a pile of cut Christmas trees. But again, it's kind of off-screen and they run into it behind this giant pile of lumber.
1: Uh, so the guy, he's he's using this. An abstract fantasy bulldozer with a couple of giant claws that can grab about 10 trees at once. And I'm wondering if, you know, if there was, if this was necessary just to make this plot work at all to uh, give him something that. If there was anything that he could have been using that he wouldn't have seen the uh, bear cub and fox cub. In. Yeah, that sounds right. I tried to look at this. I'm like, does
0: this piece of machinery actually exist? Or did they like merge a bulldozer with a forklift?
1: Yeah, it looks like something from Cybertron. <laughs> you never know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in disguise.
0: Yeah, it is. But this pile of cut Christmas trees gets picked up by this machine and loaded onto the fabled Christmas tree train. There it is.
1: Yep. And that's all we see of it for the most part. The rest of the movie either takes place inside it or fleeing from it.
0: Yeah. So now they're stuck on this moving train, but they don't know that. They think they're locked in a cage and going to one of those zoo places.
1: Yes, they've they've heard bad things about zoos, which is you know, kind of the opposite of how now we regard zoos as the as, you know, one of the most important uh, factors we have in uh, in protecting animals. Right. But I guess if you're I guess if you're a wild animal, then uh, you wouldn't be you would have been told all your life to avoid the zoos because uh, some some family member went there and never came back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But this is our first hint that this special is about to take a turn into. Boy, humans sure are terrible. <laughs>
1: Uh, do you think that's that's where they were going with it? because it feels like if they were they never got around to it I feel like we
0: get sprinkles of it here and there, especially when we arrive in the city and they're making their way around there.
1: yeah, a lot of this is just fish out of water stuff for the most part sure you know, again they they don't they they've never seen the city, they barely know anything about humans I mean. I, I'm surprised that they didn't have to have toys explained to them.
0: Yeah, they, they don't. They, well, I guess they kind of did. I guess that was supposed to be part of the Rangers thing, but it they got through that so quickly.
1: Yeah, they, they saw one toy and then they were afraid. So, Well, back
0: at the cabin, uh, the Rangers enjoying a TV dinner while watching the most underwhelming White House tree lighting ceremony I have ever seen.
1: In a moment, the president will be throwing the switch on our national Christmas tree and... Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> well, I, I was wondering, so what does the turkey pardoning look like in this world? Oh, it's like, like pin, a, pin a most improved uh, homework award on the turkey. And <laughs> like, <"Go> on. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: there's the turkey was just pardoned. <laughs> We're about to go live
1: to so watch the tree lighting and it's lit. <laughs> hey, There isn't like any kind of uh, regular... Oh, I guess, oh no, there's the Easter egg roll. I forgot about that. That was, oh, that's right. And the yeah. president has dropped the Easter egg down the stairs.
0: Coming up next. <laughs> and here's a bunch of characters from all over pop culture hanging out of the White House for the Easter egg roll.
1: <laughs> Some of whom are from decades old products. That's right.
0: Uh, But the inside of the ranger's cabin is more sparsely decorated than the outside. But he's got wreaths and garland and a large portrait of another gruffer-looking ranger on the wall labeled
1: Dad. He comes from a long line of rangers. That's right. It's a family business. Yeah, no sign of any mother, so clearly his dad must have eventually just bladed him off like a jellyfish.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Here we go. Well, there's a knock at the door, and George and Abner, who've come looking for their kids, are at the other end, and Jonesy explains what happened to them. So then the Ranger and George the Fox go immediately out to search for the Cubs, while Abner just falls asleep on the couch. Father of the year! <laughs> Have you ever gone to someone else's place and just immediately crashed on their couch?
1: If I was being invited to stay there for several days, sometimes, <laughs> Not if, you know, not if it was like, hi, can I sleep here? Can I? Yeah, no, I remember
0: that happening to me once. And it was years ago at a co-worker's house after a company holiday party. Afterward, we went out to some bar. I don't remember how we got from the bar back to his place, but I woke up on his couch.
1: Must have been quite a bar. I guess so. But
0: thankfully, it was uh, when I still worked where I could take a train home. So... (laughs) <laughs> sometimes you just have to crash on someone's couch for the night kids find yourself a friend mm-hmm. who won't mind with a couch <laughs> with a couch preferably well back on the train buttons and rusty hear a spooky who sound but it's a friendly owl i'm not positive about whose voice this is it Sounds like it could also be William Boyette.
1: I thought I was flying into a barn, but it turned out to be a boxcar. <laughs> hmm. I was trying to figure out if this was the same owl that they'd been scared by earlier. I think it's supposed to be.
0: It. it well, at least they know how to draw one kind of owl.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of got a little bit of the look of the owl from that, uh, Preston Blair, how to draw cartoons thing that <laughs> everyone sees everyone on the internet. Yeah, the one demonstrating how you turn a hand into a wing in a smooth motion. Yeah, right.
0: there is one other credited voice actor in this special named Bobby West. His only credit on IMDb is this special, so maybe that's the owl. I don't know. Hmm.
1: But Bobby West,
0: I don't know. I got nothing. But this owl explains to the Cubs that they're on a train headed to the big city, which the owl describes as a big forest full of buildings, cars, and people. And the Cubs have heard of one of those things. Which one haven't they heard of? They haven't heard of buildings? They haven't heard of cars. Oh. (laughs) But naturally, they think, oh, we'll feel right at home in a forest. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs)
1: <laughs> just ask bubsy
0: no the bobcat was not available for this special
1: but <laughs> he might he might have uh, looked better than rusty honestly <laughs> <laughs> probably and he's wearing a shirt but uh, two pairs of clothes oh that's why they skipped out on his audition they'd be like eh, too much uh too much wardrobe too much outerwear
0: well, back in the forest, George and the Ranger find the tipped-over garbage can and Rusty's paw prints in the snow, but not Buttons's paw prints, because it was then that Rusty carried him.
1: <laughs> uh, I just want to say that we, when we saw uh, Buttons go off the uh, go off the cliff on the trash can lid, and he just goes soaring into the void. I'm like, he's dead now. Yeah, really.
0: They do find a full body print that's just perfectly bear shaped hole in the snow. But.
1: I'm imagining the ranger coming back to Bridget and going, you know, with his hat in his hands, like, I don't know how to say this, but <laughs> oh. it's just kind of evaporated <laughs> <laughs> in contact with the ground. We couldn't <laughs> even find any bones.
0: Thankfully, they do end up following the trail to the train tracks, and he puts two and two together, and the ranger decides he'd better call up the train station in the big city and get them to be on the lookout for a fox and a bear cub, who at that moment are still on the train listening to this owl's horror stories about humans. And it's mm. all true.
1: We're the worst. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I can't deny it. Look at me. I'm awful. <laughs>
0: Well, they finally arrive at the train's destination at, at the instructions of the owl. The cubs make a run for it as soon as the train stops. The owl gets back on the train back home. But one of the men working at the station who had just been told to look out for this fox and bear cub chased the pair around the station and buttons and rusty never get back onto their train home. So now they're lost in the big
1: city. You know, I would think that uh, anyone working at a train station would know better than to chase somebody around with moving trains. You would
0: think. <laughs> Thankfully, they didn't have the budget to animate
1: any more trains. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. None of, the, none of these were diesel trains, were they? I mean. Not that I saw. What year do you think this takes place?
0: I don't know. It looks like they're trying to make it present day, so 1983 or thereabouts.
1: Yeah, yeah. but they're, but they're still using steam Lokis to uh, transport the the Christmas tree train. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's just traditional because it's the Christmas tree train. At I guess point. so. Yeah. You well, know, maybe it's a tourist thing. It's like a a large hayride ride with the Christmas Ooh, trees. Hey. <laughs> You know what? That sounds great. I want to do that. I want to do that.
0: They have like a sort of Polar Express thing around here, even though it's Florida, but (laughs) they cover up the windows, I guess. I don't know how that works, (laughs) but now they're lost in the big city, which is clearly supposed to be New York. You can see what's supposed to be the Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building.
1: Oh, I was going to ask if you recognize any skyscrapers. I guess it's New York.
0: I'm guessing, but uh, if it is, it looks like they're actually running into the city from New Jersey.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, where is—is is there a forest in New Jersey? Yeah, <laughs> I was—I was trying to be like, oh wait, does this take place in Steamed Hams Territory? <laughs> it, that could be where it starts.
0: <laughs> it might be an Albany Christmas tree train. But uh, this is the most deserted bridge in New York.
1: Yeah, nobody's there. What? I mean, is it Christmas Day now? Why is? No. Where is everyone?
0: <laughs> it's not. It's before Christmas, as we find out later. But oh yeah, it's true. Even as they're walking through the city, this place looks like there's nobody here for the first few minutes that they're exploring the place, and it reminds me. Of a boy named Charlie Brown when Linus is looking for his blanket.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Oh, memories. It's two in the morning and there's no one else in this city.
1: I I imagine there must be times in New York when you can go somewhere and there's nobody there. But I mean, that's a city of eight million. So those have got to be some very rare times.
0: I don't think so. I really honestly don't think there's ever a time
1: when any quarter of New York City is dead well i know that i've heard that in new york you're never less than five feet from a rat yeah really sometimes from your own personal rat yeah well (laughs) buttons and rusty will return right after these messages You can visit Santa in the wintertime. Because right now he's at Santa's Village in the San Bernardino Mountains. Twelve big rides provide fun for the whole family. Visit the petting zoo. See Santa's reindeer. There's food and treats from the Pixie Pantry and the Good Witch's Bakery. And lots more. Santa's Village is fun, forest, and fantasy all rolled into one. Santa's Village in the colorful San Bernardino Mountains on Highway 18. Just 30 minutes north of San Bernardino. Now open daily. And now back to our program. So we get a
0: little bit more of them trying to find their way around the city and get home. They hear a police siren and they think it's a city animal. They run into a snow plow driven by a guy whom they think looks kind of like Jonesy, but he doesn't see the animals and they get plowed right into a sewer. Hey, there are the rats. This part kind of reminds me of Ratatouille. Yeah, a little bit, especially that first part when he's kind of scampering around trying to escape the, the house and the uh, lady with the gun.
1: Yeah. And he ends up uh, staying in the in the sewer reading his book for a while. And uh, But yeah, this is why I didn't think it was New York because they went to the sewers and there was no jokes about alligators. No, the jokes here are, I guess, city people don't like
0: rivers hiding them away like this. Uh, clever. they run through the sewer like that one level of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for Nintendo with that one Ah. jump that everyone had trouble with. (laughs) 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 Uh, But they emerge back up on the surface and now it's a much more lively city street full of cars and taxis all honking at each other.
1: So I have a theory about this world. Oh. This is a future wherein managed to turn all the Smurfs to gold and became very wealthy and now everyone <laughs> is descended from him. Everyone looks like Gargamel in the Smurfs <laughs> oh, of New York. Oh, they
0: do! I thought that the human characters at least had a sort of Hanna-Barbera quality to their faces but not the animals. These animals don't look like Yogi Bear or or Hokey Wolf cats. or whatever. The cats the, all look like that. You know, Azrael. the cats do. Yeah, the cats that they find in this alley absolutely are carbon copies of
1: Azrael. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs>
0: the Smurfs, that's the connection.
1: So this is a, you know, terrifying bad end for the Smurfs. Oh, No. <laughs> And that maybe that would explain why there are talking animals who have uh, perfectly reasonable relationships with with the Rangers. There's some sort of leftover Papa Smurf magic in this world.
0: Oh, could be. That's it, because no one else seems to understand. Well, they're not really talking to any other humans. They're hiding from them.
1: Yeah, it's like they're pretending to be normal animals.
0: Yeah. Are
1: there normal animals?
0: Who even knows at this point? (laughs) Not in this universe. The humans don't even seem to notice these animals there. Everyone seems to be in a hurry. It's the hustle and bustle of the big city, but they end up in a subway and someone reading a newspaper just bowls over them and knocks them down onto the train tracks.
1: The thing that uh, struck me was the part once once they get out of the uh, subway, you see them hiding behind a big box of sand. You've been in snowy areas. Is that a regular thing? Just, just big public sandboxes?
0: Not really. I wonder if it was supposed to be salt for the roads, but it doesn't look <laughs> all that snowy there. It wasn't even all that snowy in the forest. You only saw little piles of it here and there.
1: Yeah, and uh, Jonesy even points that out at the very beginning. Of like, just a little bit of snow here and there.
0: Yeah, no, I I live near a bunch of sand mines, but we don't keep them in boxes in buildings behind alleys. (laughs) But now from there, the Cubs kind of end up in this alley full of cardboard boxes where they're trying to hide from a man with a giant knife. It's supposed (laughs) to be a packing knife, but the shadow of this guy looks like he's opening boxes with a dang scimitar.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was... I was kind of cringing for some kind of horrible, uh, Arabic stereotype, but oh, no, he was just a, no, just, just a, a working guy just doesn't
0: know how to draw a knife, but <laughs> inside one box is a stuffed teddy bear that looks exactly like buttons.
1: Yeah. For no apparent reason. I guess Teddy foxes aren't a thing.
0: Probably not yet. I mean, you can get a stuffed fox, but they're not. No, they're not popular. It's just bears. Well, not because.
1: Yeah, because Teddy Roosevelt didn't spare one. (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: And there were none left. (laughs) uh, So they hide in this box, which is picked up by Barney, the toy store manager.
1: Man, this teddy bear looks almost real.
0: And he is voiced by Dan Roth, another G.I. Joe cast member. He was the voice of the rarely seen infantry trooper Grunt. (laughs) Grunt? (laughs) I didn't even remember Grunt.
1: Are we sure this is, it's an individual?
0: It's not just some random voice? It's an individual. Huh. He's got one of those cards and an action figure.
1: Oh, okay. Well then. (laughs) Is he part of a uh, group of... uh... No, like uh, this one is Doughboy. This one is Grunt. This
0: Oh, could be. (laughs) They all have one specialty. His is
1: infantry. (laughs) That means he goes after the infants. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) It's King Herod. Which is
1: what he's doing now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, it's Christmas special. Uh... But Barney's accompanied by an older guy called Gramps, who, according to Barney, believes he's really Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> you saved me a half a dozen of each of those, Barney. They're going to be a big hit with some of my customers. Poor old guy. He acts like he believes he's really Santa Claus,
0: and he might look the part here. He's got the beard for it, but he's wearing a blue derby hat and a suit instead of Santa's usual red.
1: We're getting a little bit into Night of the Meek here for some reason. Oh, <laughs> wow.
0: Here's a reference. I should do that. But
1: um <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. But Barney
0: brings this box back up to the toy department where we get this some weird grown-up dialogue here. I guess this is how these writers thought adults talked to each other.
1: Alice, make room in the zoo. Don't tell me you found the teddy bears. Yep, just for that, I'll let you buy me coffee. Yeah, the whole thing, about, and for that, you can buy me a cup of coffee. Oh, okay ever met an adult in your life sir <laughs> i i guess some people feel like they have to uh maintain a childlike perspective to write cartoons but i, I don't think that's true maybe no. maybe they did then you know but i mean uh you you know as well as i do that cartoons are celebrating their 120th consecutive year of not being just for kids anymore for <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never happened Yeah, it does remind me of adult dialogue and other things that are supposed to uh celebrate the innocence of children. Like I'm I'm thinking specifically of witches Night Out when you hear kind of the banter of the people <laughs> at the party. Oh,
1: I love that. They don't there's make no staircases like this. this. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicely passed out already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh and then there's this boy who comes into the store. And we'll see him again, but for now he wants to hold Buttons. He sees Buttons on a counter, gives what he assumes is a plain old teddy bear a little poke on the belly and Buttons leaps up and runs for it, followed
1: by Rusty. So, oh, I wanted to say that as as strange as this adult dialogue is, it sure comes across as a lot more, you know, a lot less force than what the kid says when he goes Yee! What a nifty toy! Oh, yeah. Yee! What a nifty toy. Can I hold that funny little fat one? I want to play with him.
0: I don't know who's which voice actor is this kid, but it is very forced. It's just like what do children say?
1: I don't know. It feels like this child was dared to come in here and say that. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Go in there and
1: If you can have adults sit on each other's shoulders under an overcoat and pretend to be a child, this is what you <laughs>
0: I can't believe we fell for Muppet Man. <laughs> so now these two store managers are running after the Cubs, and one of the managers says, let's check the cafeteria. Animals can't resist food. And sure enough, they hear the word food and head right for it. Steal two women's hot dogs while no
1: one's looking. Yeah, these women are, one of them kind of looks like a uh, older version of Velma. I don't know about the other one.
0: Oh, wow, you're right. It is a post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> Old Velma, no Smurfs. <laughs> it's it's the bad end for Hanna-Barbera itself. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then Buttons and Rusty hide in what they think is a tiny forest, and this is the scene I remembered, and I think everyone mm. who has seen this will remember the most from this special.
1: Yeah. Christmas time window decorations are apparently such a big deal in big cities that they will build practically whole, you know, whole narratives around them. Whole, I mean, I am a giant. I'm a big fan of Rift Tracks, and there's at least one Rift Tracks movie that's that's almost all just looking at window decorations. It's, oh wow. uh, uh Which oh, which one is it? It's oh oh wizzo's christmas circus
0: wizzo's christmas circus
1: yes the one that's a feature length uh, episode of wizzo the clown which who was a uh, kansas city uh institution for decades apparently. okay
0: wow looking that up later and it's mostly
1: just him looking at looking at window dressing
0: <laughs> that's it says it all in the box yeah, this is one of those decorated window scenes complete with a train track, some flocked trees, and toys both wrapped and unwrapped all around the pair. But at first, the window isn't open yet, so the Cubs don't see anyone, and no one sees them, so they think it's safe to both end up falling asleep under this display's big, tall tree.
1: Yeah, I guess if there's any... What's the word I'm looking for? The thing that you can't have a story without conflict. <laughs> there <laughs> if there's it is. any conflict in this in this movie, it's that uh, Buttons wants always wants to go to sleep because he's a bear. He's a bear, and it's time. And Rusty is like, no, this is a bad place to go to sleep. So, but this is where they finally do get to.
0: Yeah, at first, Rusty really doesn't think he should be falling asleep now, but they both end up just crashing under this tree. Meanwhile, an employee hits the lights and the music opens up, and we get this cute little song called Winter Times here.
1: It's a great surprise when you open up your eyes and the dreams that you dream appear Time's here. It's an okay song. I mean, how many other songs are in this? It's just this and the Christmas tree train song, right? It's just those two. Okay. So, yep. I mean, the, the songs are not, you know, they're not going to kill it for you. They're the. You know, there are some times when you just want to fast forward through the uh, musical sequences in this one. But, you know, the best thing I can say about these ones is they're easy to forget. And that means thumbs up from me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you could throw it on a playlist of classic Christmas songs and no one would notice.
1: Yep, Yeah, they'd notice the ones before and after. But this is, you know, this is like a a nice little break where you can actually talk and uh, refill your cocoa before the the next good one starts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, this is... uh... The curtains now open, the train and the toys in the window display start moving. Buttons and Rusty now wake up and immediately decide, well, time to dance.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they they seem to figure out that the kids think they're toys. So they're like, "Okay, let's let's pretend to be toys. So they do a little toy soldier march and uh, start bobbing around, uh, you know, winking and uh, and uh, getting kids attention playing wink murder with them, that kind of thing. uh, (laughs) Five minutes ago, they
0: seemed terrified of all these humans, and now they're putting on a show for them. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, for some of us, that's just how we defend ourselves. Yeah, there it is. You know, it's like being a tune. you know? Laughter is the only weapon we have. That's
0: it. Uh, And the crowd loves it. They think the Cubs are also toys and part of this display a TV news van rolls up and as someone who used to work in local news for more than 10 years, yes,
1: this is absolutely
0: a plausible live shot.
1: <laughs> I want to say that this is where it started to really remind me of the movie. Hey, there, it's Yogi Bear. If you know that? One. Oh, wow. I
0: haven't seen that one in a long time. Probably not since the nineties.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't I don't know how well it holds up. I don't know how well it held up when I first saw it at eight. But uh, it was. But yeah, the whole scene with, uh, you know, Ranger Smith seeing Yogi on TV and uh, being like and deploying his troops. I himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's exactly what happens here. I guess this particular TV station had enough of a reach to get back to the Ranger station in the Christmas tree forest. Huh.
1: Well, it's New York.
0: So the Cubs parents who are hanging out on the couch in the in the Rangers cabin, (laughs) see their children on television. And of course, Jonesy just happens to know a guy who works there in the city at this time of year. And it's Gramps from before. But now he's dressed as Santa Claus. Is
1: Gramps Santa Claus? Because I thought Gramps looked different. I thought Gramps had like a shorter had a longer beard than Santa does here.
0: Oh, I took it as the same character. It's definitely the same voice. It's definitely Alvy Moore doing yeah. the voice.
1: So maybe they just pulled a uh, an already existing Santa design out of storage and uh, that didn't necessarily match Gramps.
0: Okay. I am assuming this is the same character. Okay. From the dialogue earlier with this other guy, like, talking to buttons.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to fight with you over that. I was yeah, just- <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But while Santa is on the phone with Jonesy because he happened to be by this phone in the back room where no one else is, he knew to call that number, which is strange, but (laughs) sure. But while that's happening, this kid from before who poked buttons in the belly kind of pokes his head out from behind some boxes in, again, what looks like the back area of a department store where a kid should not
1: be. Yeah. And he's just standing there with just his head and neck visible, like Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> staring staring at Santa with this absolutely furious expression for way too long. And that gave me the biggest laugh. Like, yeah. What are you planning on eating him, kid? Are you waiting for him to get close enough? Like- yeah.
0: Stares a hole into Santa and says, I bet those
1: whiskers are fake. I didn't think this kid was going to turn out to be the quote-unquote bad guy of our story.
0: Yeah, what is it with TV shows thinking boys of a certain age are just going around stalking fake Santas to D-Beard?
1: I don't know, and, and it never is a fake Santa, is it? Not usually. Unless it's your dad, Homer Simpson. Right, I th- that's the only
0: example I can think of it's always the real Santa. Yeah. Joke's on you, kid. We already saw this guy's beard. Yeah. But but Santa peeks out from behind the window display curtain now, calls for buttons and Rusty tells him he's going to take them home and they very happily jump into his arms and he takes them over to a nearby chimney in what I guess is now an employee's lounge of the store because there's a couch there and a full ass tray of cigarette butts. <laughs>
1: wow could it get any more 1983 right <laughs> we hadn't even had the first great american smoke out had we no i had but even then i don't think
0: i've ever seen so many ashtrays in a cartoon before
1: it's just such a you know, this is within our lifetimes and it's yeah. still such an alien world right you know, think you think back to the 80s and you forget that everything smelled like smoke There was litter everywhere because they hadn't started the the anti-littering campaign.
0: Right. This was before restaurants had a smoking section. The restaurant was the smoking section. Either you dealt with it or you didn't go out to eat.
1: Now, most restaurants, they just don't have any smoking section. No, not at at all. all. No,
0: everywhere is non-smoking. You can go on vacation in one of those rental homes and they're non-smoking, even though no one else is staying there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would feel bad for smokers, but uh, I mean, how long have we been telling you to stop? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Uh, But then here's this kid
0: again, still still stalking Santa, thinking he's going to catch him, take off his costume or something. I don't know what his end game is, and we never get to see it because all he gets to see is Santa climbing up the chimney with buttons and Rusty in tow, and we don't even get to see this kid's reaction to the fact that he just
1: saw the real Santa Claus. Yeah, you're right. We never see It's just, you know, sound just disappears. And that's that's the end of that uh, plot point, I guess.
0: You put Chekhov skeptic preteen in here and didn't pull
1: the trigger. <laughs> I mean, watching this, I was just like, wow, that ended so abruptly that I feel like this might have been supposed to be an hour. And then they ran out of budget.
0: Oh man, I hope it was never supposed to be an hour.
1: God, can you what would the other half have been?
0: I don't know. More running around in these back rooms, but that's all this was. I don't know. Maybe put more Christmas tree train in the Christmas tree train? Is that yeah, too much I mean, to
1: ask? It's it's I mean Santa's appearance is a pretty literal deus ex machina.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and we do get to see his sleigh and reindeer on the roof of this toy store building. And Santa tells his reindeer.
1: We've got a little practice run to make, gang. What I want to know is why don't aren't bus, buttons and rusty like, what's a sleigh? What's a reindeer? Hey, yeah, they didn't what's know what flying? a person was.
0: They just found out about Santa Claus.
1: Yeah. And they thought he was like a bear with dirty nails.
0: But here, uh, from what Santa tells his fleet, it's not Christmas Eve. It's earlier. He's calling this a practice run. Did he just park his reindeer on the roof and leave them there while he's working or whatever he's doing? He could have at least left
1: them some water, Santa.
0: (laughs) Really? I'm not really clear on what he's doing at this store. Is this special trying to establish that every mall Santa
1: is real? That's how I've always felt. I guess so. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, when you put on the beard, it's becoming Santa. Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be just one person.
0: No, that that's a good point. I remember when I was very little, my parents were hosting a Christmas party at our house and one of my dad's friends dressed up as Santa and I rushed upstairs to see if he parked his sleigh in my driveway (laughs) <laughs> only found a couple of cars so i grew up thinking when it's not christmas eve santa must drive
1: <laughs> yeah santa must drive uh, a buick
0: yeah well so of course he's gonna bring the sleigh to manhattan better than driving
1: <laughs> i mean, uh, manhattan is known for uh pretty uh pretty well-filled streets so sure. yeah you wanna you don't want to take surface streets you want to take the sleigh <laughs>
0: No, whatever it takes to beat the traffic. But he does uh, say I'm a little rusty after 12 months off and buttons points to his friend and said, in 12 months, you'll be a big rusty. (laughs) (laughs) They all have a laugh. Santa flies them home where now Ranger Jones is explaining what Christmas is to the Cubs parents who also have never heard of Sandy Claus and don't know if he can be trusted and almost immediately, they hear a prancing and pawing on the roof, and Santa just sends the cubs down the chimney by themselves and leaves.
1: Uh, and he's wrapped them up in little uh, little ribbons, too. So. Little
0: bow ties, yeah. At least he's done that, but just yeet down the chimney. <laughs>
1: Here are your kids. Bye. Now, sometimes there are rules about whether kids can see Santa before or after mi- midnight or before Christmas, Are there any rules about Santa not letting adults see him? Have you ever seen anything like that?
0: Yeah, I don't think. Oh, I guess it is his M.O. not to be seen while he's working. Yeah. But Buttons and Rusty and the Ranger and their parents all look out the window and they do catch Santa leaving. And he gives them Merry Christmas a little bit early. And they all wave back and shout and a Happy New Year. And that's it. Ah!
1: Christmas! A little bit early! Oh, ho, oh, oh. oh, I must be dreaming. And a Happy hey. the tree train is coming. Yeah, now we just have the standard uh, Hanna-Barbera Frozen casket with some... I don't know why it is, but these these particular uh, credits always they always stand out because they look like they're a freeze frame from a VCR somehow. Yeah, it's
0: always in almost solid color. And here are two characters that we had in here. Little uh, cells of them on this
1: solid background. And
0: here's the cast. But yeah, sign of the times.
1: That's our movie. That's uh, it seems like. There should have been more, but there wasn't.
0: Yeah, I was really counting on a little more of a Christmas tree train to be in the special called the Christmas tree train. I do love trains around this time of year, and it doesn't really have enough of it. But I enjoyed revisiting this. How about you?
1: Uh, I'd never visited it before, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, there is a certain kind of embryonic... uh, Quality to this, yeah. if that makes any sense. It, it feels does. like they. It's the start of any number of other Christmas specials. Like they didn't. They didn't quite fill out everything that they would have if you had made you know a full Christmas special with you know if you had cast this with regular characters from something else, something that kids would recognize, then there would be a lot more going on with this. But right now, it sort of feels like like. What they wanted to do was license somebody to be the stars of this, and then they couldn't, so they had to use their own their own characters that they hadn't really filled out very well.
0: It could be a little of that, but then this is Buttons and Rusty's first special, and they're just getting started. And they do end up in other specials. They did make something of this.
1: Yeah, there was. Yeah, you said there was a Halloween special and an Easter special.
0: Uh, I think there was an Easter special. There was definitely a Thanksgiving one. I feel like there was one, something about fall or not fall or something about back to school. I saw it was back strange. To school? Yeah. That's I don't know holiday. How they, that doesn't well. count. <laughs> but
1: uh, the Halloween one is called Which Witch is Which." Yes, that's the first one that I've heard of. I saw that before. And, you know, there have been a bunch of things with the title, which, which is which. Sure. But that's the first one I think of. Uh huh. The first one I think of is this very strange picture book that uh, involved witches that always struck me as a terrible miss, you know, misuse of the idea of, you know, there's a character in there whose name is Jack O. Lantern. Ah. Uh, I bet you can imagine a whole bunch of, Ways for a character whose name is Jack O'Lantern to be right. Well, this he's just a mailman with a pumpkin-shaped truck.
0: Well, that's disappointing.
1: <laughs> yes, it's disappointing on the same level as you know with the movie Pumpkinhead. He's like, don't promise <laughs> me a pumpkin-headed monster and yes. then not deliver. Come on, man! You had one job. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're one of the great special effects gurus of this world. You had a job. (laughs) I've been
0: swindled. Oh, but Ethan, thank you for riding this crazy train with me.
1: Uh, And I can't say much for the dining car, but the, uh, but the company second to none.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, And if people want to hide behind your furniture and find out if your whiskers are fake, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Hey check me out at uh the, at the hungryreader.com to see my uh my YouTube page where I check out children's books from all over the last century especially the uh Oz books by L Frank Baum uh, but uh if you want to hear me uh doing more stuff with uh with Mike of Advent Calendar House and also Mike of uh special presentation then go listen to special presentation my uh podcast where I look at uh, at adaptions of comic strips from newspapers and you wouldn't believe how many we keep finding
0: (laughs) yes please go check that out it covers a lot of great stuff that i don't get to talk about on a holiday focused podcast uh, but i love it thank you again
1: ethan always thank you for letting me out of the euphemism
0: Anytime. Well, podcast <laughs> pals, you can find show notes for all the tangents we went on in this episode at adventcalendar.house. And you can say hi to me on Twitter at Fall West Mike and Advent Cal House. Next episode is our Halloween in July special, and it's wicked. So stay tuned in just a couple of days. Until then, for Ethan the Hungry Reader, live from next to a garbage can I stupidly just ran into. This is Mike Westfall reminding you to watch out for stupid garbage cans and icy patches and strange men who open boxes with scimitars. Good night.
1: The Christmas tree train is here
0: And now these messages.
1: I'm Matt. I'm a podcaster, a lifelong Christmas nerd, and a professional Santa, and I have a Christmas podcast called North Pole Radio. Each week I sit down with a fellow Christmas performer, a fellow Christmas podcaster, or just a fellow Christmas nerd, and talk about all things Christmas. There's a heavy focus on the art of portraying Santa, but we also cover Christmas movies, Christmas songs, Christmas food, and, well basically anything Christmas. So check out North Pole Radio wherever you download podcasts.
0: Next time on the Advent Calendar House.
1: Rue McClanahan and Rue McClanahan with a cast of hundreds. They'll show one little boy the Halloween time of his life. The Wickedest Witch, after Al, Monday.